This is a Highway Citizen production. Right now, you know, it's it's a crisis like it is everywhere else in the country. Okay. I think one of the huge issues we face in Indian country is simply the um, disparities the in terms of lack of access to health care and to hospitals and to resources of that nature. That's a voice that may be familiar to some of you listeners who've been here since season one. That's my old friend, Mary Catherine Nagel. Uh, MK is a playwright and an attorney with Pipe Sim Law, a law firm that focuses on the issues of tribal communities around the country. I was curious to hear how they were dealing with the, the, the massive changes that have come from the need to quarantine and issues with COVID-19, including testing and including healthcare, which was already a major issue on a lot of reservations around the country. And she had had a lot of things to say and a lot of input to give in regards to what they're facing. So I was really grateful for her for giving up a little bit of her time to share that with us so that we could hear exactly what their struggle is and how it might differ from kind of the broader American community, but also what they need and how we can help. Hi, I'm Mary Catherine Nagel. I'm a citizen of the Cherokee Nation and uh, a playwright and an attorney. And just an accomplished, wonderful human being. Uh, who, oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, besides just being generally attorney, you're, you're a lot of your law practice, I, I, I'm guessing primarily all of your law practice now is focused on tribal issues, correct? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. It is entirely focused on that. And right now I would say especially um, focusing on the crisis caused by the coronavirus, not just, I mean, obviously the health impacts are severe, but the gaming industry that tribes run, you know, is the 12th largest employer in the United States and also funds the healthcare, education, housing, uh, language preservation, cultural preservation, like, you know, everything, you know, tribal governments, because of the federal law created by the United States Supreme Court and Congress, in most instances cannot tax to fund their governments the way state local federal governments are able to tax. So a lot of the public health structure, infrastructure, public services that a government provides in an Indian country comes from Indian gaming. Mm -hmm. And so obviously our tribal governments have taken the coronavirus very seriously and have voluntarily shut down their casinos. Mm -hmm. But uh, that basically means they're shutting down their entire revenue stream to fund the government and all their public services to their citizens, which, to be very clear, in many rural communities across the United States, those services serve Indians and non-Indians alike. Yeah. Oftentimes, in rural tribal communities where we have non-Indians living there, it is uh, the tribal governments that provide the most services to the folks living out there. So I think a lot of people don't understand what exactly sovereign land is like i think a lot of people have a general idea that there's there is some some portion of land in communities that belongs to native governments and that the american law system or like the sheriff's department has some type of like they, mm-hmm. they don't even understand exactly why tribal law is a little different from like other places. So can you talk about like where the system kind of changes between like what would be considered like non-tribal access to things like healthcare and access to things like, you know, legal support. And actually, you know, we're talking about trillions of dollars being thrown around to like help Americans, but like, mm-hmm. will, will those, will that money actually be given to tribes as well? Who are also needed? It's a huge question, and I think there's there's a lot of advocates in Indian country right now who are working very hard to make sure that 
we have included in any kind of uh, coronavirus relief package specific provisions to support Indian country through Indian Health Services and through other federal agencies like the Department of Interior and Bureau of Indian Affairs. That effort is largely being led by the National Congress of American Indians with the helps of a lot of tribal leaders and advocates all across the United States. So right now, it looks like we are being included for the most part, but it's really important that we continue to advocate with our leaders on the Hill that, you know, the federal government has a trust, duty, and responsibility. Mm -hmm. So comes from the more than 300 or so treaties that the United States signed with tribal nations, promising the in perpetuity health, welfare, housing, education. So in a moment of crisis like this, where the only mechanism tribes have been allowed to pursue to generate revenue for their governments has to be cut off because of the public health and welfare of the entire United States, which yeah. we take very seriously, it is the duty and obligation of the Congress to, to legislate and to provide solutions short-term and long-term to that crisis. Well, and you know, can I, so it touch, this, this issue of gaming touches me uh, a little personally. <laughs> I come from Fresno and I have family who live there still. And so uh, Chichancy is a tribe there and they, they have a, a major uh, casino there. There's also mm -hmm. Table Mountain and I cannot remember for the life of me which tribe runs Table Mountain. But like I have, you know, members of my family who go up there gaming regularly. And also you know, I think that a lot of people in Fresno generally go up to the, the, the I will just say senior members of Fresno. <laughs> Uh, often go up to the mountain yeah. as like you know when you're older it's that's one of the things that you can do you can you can like uh, congregate with other people in a setting that is pretty much controlled and you can have some fun and i was a little concerned because up until last sunday it was like a basically every state and every local municipality was kind of like i guess we're shutting down but our neighbor county isn't shutting down and so i was really concerned so while I was also while I was concerned for it as like a public health issue that people would be gathering at a time where we're like we're trying to practice social distancing, I was also aware of the fact that that is the main revenue for a county that like is outside of Fresno, a place which isn't really considered the the hot spot of California itself, but even still outside of Fresno has like fewer resources so like what are you what kind of i guess like what i'm getting to is like it's clear that they're that like a lot of people everyone and tribes are being asked to like sacrifice but unlike other people there aren't a, as many industries so like what resources are like tribes using to like get around this this kind of major fiscal crisis that they could be in it's a great question. Um, some tribes have more diverse, you know, economically diverse economies than others, but especially in rural areas, um, you know, oftentimes the casino is the only, and oftentimes in a lot of communities, it's the largest employer in the area too. So, you know, this is, these shutdowns are going to impact the natives and non-natives alike who work at these facilities and the, uh, you know, all the other industries that are connected, whether it's the restaurants inside the casino, the cleaning services in the hotel. I mean, there's a lot of different businesses who are tangentially, indirectly related that are going to be impacted. And that is one of the asks that Indian country has into Congress right now is to provide this relief aid 
in the same way that folks are saying, hey, the restaurant industry, other industries are going to be really hard hit. We should provide economic aid. Indian gaming is coming in and saying, we're going to be hard hit. And we're not just an industry where the money goes to shareholders. It doesn't go to shareholders. We're not that kind of a corporation. It goes to our citizens exactly. and our programs, our hospitals, our schools, it paves roads. Um, a lot of it goes back to the state so that the state, whether it's California or Oklahoma, um, then has money to put into the public schools. And so that, again, is, is just something that's going gonna, gonna to negatively impact tribes and tribal citizens, but also non-Indians, too. I'm not sure how many people are aware of this, but like there was already in some areas a, a shortage of doctors in regards to a lot of tribal land and i think i think in generally a lot a lot of a lot of tribal communities are in areas that already have an issue with healthcare, like in the the vast general like i know that you come from oklahoma and oklahoma is a fantastic state that being said uh, i've heard that like places like tulsa and the major cities in the midwest even today have issues attracting doctors to like come to their hospitals particularly because doctors are like well i could go to oklahoma or i could go to like you know miami or someplace like that and mm-hmm. have a better life what is the kind of I'm, I'm curious like what do you have you heard anything about like attacking the issue of the fact that like it's already tribal healthcare systems might already be in a precarious situation like if they, mm-hmm. see, if they see a major influx like how are they working with kind of larger medical systems or are they still kind of like on their own Well, some of the legislation that's been proposed would be to specifically source ventilators and other medical supplies to IHS facilities, which is really important because, you know, in this crisis, I mean, sort of a week ago when I think this country, uh, for the most part, started to wake up to this is a national crisis, um, a lot of folks sounded the alarm that in Indian country, IHS hospitals don't have enough ventilators, right? Which is, you know, not just unique to Indian country. It's a problem everywhere in the United States right now. But so there's different bills that are being proposed and pushed around. But the most important, one of the most important asks that Indian country has right now is funding to purchase the ventilators for the facilities in Indian country, specifically, specifically the IHS hospitals, to have those on hand as well as other important medical supplies. Cool. And so are there, I guess I'm, I'm still kind of curious, but like, is there is there a desire to have kind of partnerships with broader medical systems or is it more of an interesting like kind of well, maintaining the sovereignty sure. of their... You know, some tribes do that. Mm-hmm. Um, some tribes operate their own hospital completely. Mm-hmm. Some tribes do have arrangements where they take the federal funding they get for healthcare and they have a, like a, contract with I mean this is where you get really healthcare jargony but it's like okay you have the third party administrator and the PPO and you know so basically the tribe funds its own health insurance program mm-hmm. and provides the like the tribe pays for health insurance for all of its employees Indian and non-Indian and then all of its citizens and then through the PPO, so then they set it up with a third-party administrator, and then the PPO goes and signs a contract with the provider, and the provider is the hospital. So basically the tribe can send all of its citizens and employees to a hospital that is not run by the federal government, not run by IHS, which is the Indian Health Services, completely run by a private private company, corporation, right, uh, running a hospital. Federal law states that if that's happening and the tribe sets up its own self-insured tribal insurance plan, then 
the private hospital has to accept Medicare-like rates for under the tribal insurance plan. And so that, you know, there is a framework for that and some tribes are doing that. And so in some instances, yes, like tribal citizens will most likely be sent to a private hospital, not to an IHS facility because there just, there just isn't one nearby. Are tribes getting tests? Like I know a lot of just generally it's hard to get tests to the, the public, it seems like. Are, is, are tribal communities like having issues getting tests or do you have you are they aware are they finding ways to like track the the spread of this virus within their communities you know that's a great question and i think you know i know like the navajo nation has reported several cases i think some tribes are acquiring testing kits on their own and testing folks but Mm. you know a lot of the tribes just don't have access to, to testing kits like so many others okay uh i guess last on this so i think it's important right now to to like remember that like we're in this really weird time that we won't be in forever when we come <laughs> when we come out of this kind of like what what do you or what do you see as like the the best strategy for for tribal nations to go forward to like maintain and use their resources but also like when we come out of this like what do you think there's any changes that are going to have to be made in regards to like how we how we share resources, how we communicate our uh, our their needs to the broader public. Like, are what are the things that are are happening right now that maybe people don't know about that tribes struggle with that we should change in the future? <coughs> Bad time for a cough. Just I know. Um, awful time for a cough. <laughs> are, are I know, you, right? You feeling? Actually, I haven't like, even asked you. Are you? How are you feeling? Are you feeling okay? Um, I'm. I'm actually very good. I was right. really sick like two weeks ago. Oh. Um, okay. So, um, you know, um, did you? Uh, did you actually have to have a test? I'm so sorry. I didn't even ask. Are you? No. Okay. I mean, I mean, I like. I probably would have tried to get it if I could have when mm-hmm. I first got sick because I had, you know, a decently high fever and was very sick for several days wow. okay. and thought maybe, but like at that point there was no way to get the test. I had a and, friend who was in a similar so. situation way back in January where they were told that their doctor said, I don't know what's wrong with you. You don't have the flu, but you need to stay inside because this is like, she was showing symptoms of pneumonia or going towards pneumonia. So we've been hypothesizing that she might've had it back in late January. So there, I think there are a lot of people like that who, just got over it and didn't even know. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Uh, oh, no, not at all. But, yeah. Not at all. I just think overall, you know, the, the major issue is always restoring tribal sovereignty to tribal governments to protect and govern their own territory and people and citizens and lands, hmm. um, their jurisdiction, and also the resources because uh, because the federal government has set up the law so that tribes – cannot generate revenue the same way as the federal and state and local governments through taxation, then, you know, that is just another federal trust duty and responsibility the federal government has to fund tribal law enforcement, tribal education, tribal health care, infrastructure, things like that. And so, you know, sort of the sovereignty and resources are the two most important building blocks for any government to govern and protect the health and welfare of its citizens. And I think you can see what you will see. The communities that are the most impacted in this crisis in Indian country will likely be the ones who've had their sovereignty and resources the most impaired. Thank you so much for uh, taking a bit of time. I know that you're incredibly busy. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Thank you for, for inviting me to speak about these important issues and to not forget Indian country and all of this. 
My thanks again to MK Nagel for taking the time to share her wealth of information. Uh, if you happen to be part of a tribal community who is looking for more information on resources in regards to COVID-19 or really anything else, Pipestem Law, where MK is a partner, has been focused on those issues for, for decades now. So check them out online at pipestemlaw.com. Com. And you can also find uh, MK's plays all over the place. She was just at Oregon Shakes a little while back. She was here in LA. So check her out. Her, uh, I guess her IG is MK Nagel. And you can follow that and learn more about her works and her writings. Hope everybody's safe out there. Hope everybody's taking care of each other. We will see you this weekend with a new full episode of the Inner Cities Pod with the Angry Black Mail Out East as well. Tochi Onyabuchi.